Good morning, everyone. My name is Teddy Raksak, and you are listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. Also, guys, if you go in and say you were listening to my podcast, receive $5 off your next visit. All right, guys. So now that the Lakers have acquired Anthony Davis, there's two big questions that everyone has been asking. So the first being, how much cap space will the Lakers have going into this offseason? And the second question being, which free agents should we sign? Okay, so let's let's address the cap space question first. Um, you know, realistically, guys, I <laughs> I I hate to say this, I did, I like I really don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but I just you know I don't see the Lakers getting any more than twenty three million dollars in cap space. Um, <clears throat> to me, the moment the Pelicans traded the fourth overall pick. You know, just to me, it signified that the deal was probably going to be finalized by July 6th, you know, which would obviously be a significant cap hit for us. Also, the second reason I think we're going to be stuck with $23 million is that I have I have no expectations for Anthony Davis to turn down a $4 million trade bonus. Like, who in their right mind would turn down $4 million? Like, I wouldn't even turn down $4. Like, Like, (laughs) we're asking him to turn down $4 million? Yeah, right. Like, you know, he's not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Also, too, if if I'm the Lakers, I put no pressure on Anthony Davis to do that because you want to keep him as happy as possible so when it becomes next free agency that he wants to sign back. If you start making him mad now, then you may want to leave in free agency. And we've given up way too much for him to walk out on us. So, I, anyways, it keeps it keeps him happy. But, like I said, I, I think we're going to be stuck with $23 million in cap space. So, now let's get into the free agents. So, if we can clear up cap space, I think it we should add a max free agent like Kyrie, Kawhi, or Kemba. Or even, you know, if you know me, I, I love D'Angelo Russell. If we can... We can make enough if we can find enough cap space for D'Angelo Russell. I would love to have D'Angelo Russell, but I, you know, I don't want to go off topic with that. But like I said earlier, I just don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think we're going to have enough cap space, and we do have a roster to fill out, um, and we can't have that second unit being a complete liability for our team. So yes, that means I think that we will eventually have to sign more tier two or role players with the remaining cap space. Um, which isn't really a bad thing because the more I've looked into it, like the players that, you know, this free agency is so deep and it actually fits a lot of our needs as a team. So the first player on our list, we have six potential players that I think the Lakers should go after or try to acquire. Anyway, so the first player on this list is Patrick Beverly. So Patrick Beverly averaged 10 points a game, five assists and one steal. He also shot 40% from three, which would allow us to space the floor a bit. And, you know, he's a defensive demon. He gets under the skin of, like, every player he go, that he goes up against. I mean, at first I hated him, like, two years ago because he was just going in on, in on Lonzo, but, you know, RIP. But anyways, he was going in on Lonzo Ball, and, you know, a lot of Laker fans didn't like him because of that. But, you know, this guy, you know, he's a defense. like I said, he's a defensive demon, and that's so important in today's NBA because it's it's such a guard heavy league there's so many point guards there's so many shooting guards and you know having someone like Patrick Beverly is really really important because if you're going up against someone like Russell Westbrook in the playoffs you know you you kind of feel a a little bit more confident with someone like Beverly guarding him and you know he can make the open shot 
which is all we'd be asking him to do. Now, this is going to be the thing. It's going to be a theme with a lot of the free agents on this list is that they just have to hit the open shot. They're not, they're not going to be asked to average 20 points a game. They're not going to be asked to be an all-star. They just need to, you know, you know, play their role. They need to make the open shots, which, you know, Beverly's more than capable of doing so. Um, like I said before, you know, he averaged 40% from three, which is, you know, provide, is, he, which means he's going to provide some much needed shooting. And, you know, like I said, you know, we're not going to be asked to do too much because most of our offense is going to be generated through LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Davis. And finally, guys, you know, Patrick Beverly only got paid $5 million last season. And with the way he played, I'm sure he's due for a, um, for a pay raise. So I'm thinking maybe we can get him for like $8 million, $10 million at the most. But you have to pay someone a lot, you know, if you're going to be, if you're asking them to be your starting point guards. But, you know, I think 8 to $10 million would be a good deal to acquire someone like Patrick Beverly. Okay, so the next player I think that we should sign, which would be a very, very good fit, would be Danny Green. You know, Danny Green averaged 10 points, 1.5 assists, and one steal per game last season. Um, in the NBA Finals, he was hitting every big shot. He looked really smooth. And, you know, he, he really was able to step up when the Raptors needed him to. And, you know, Danny Green is the true definition of, like, a 3 and D player in the NBA. Uh, like I said, you know, he hits the open shots. He's he's very efficient from the three, and he's very efficient at, you know, driving to the basket. And he's also 6'6", which allows him to be very versatile on defense. He's, he has very good length, so he can, guard some he can guard some forwards, he can guard some guards. And, it's, you know, you can kind of... You can kind of put him anywhere on defense, really. So, and the last thing, too, is that Danny Green has a lot of playoff experience, okay? So, Danny Green is someone that's won a championship with the Spurs. He's won a championship with the Raptors. So, he knows what needs to be done, you know, in the playoffs. And, you know, he I think he'd be a good um, personality to have in the locker room for the Lakers. And, you know, Danny Green, he made $10 million last season, which I think he, if we can get him for $10 million, I think it would totally be worth it considering the ways that we can use him. Um, but yeah, I know I think he'd be a great asset to the team. I think that, you know, he'd provide a lot of much needed defense and shooting, which is really what we're going for right now in free agency. Okay, so the next player that I think we should acquire is Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. Because I don't want to give you guys the wrong idea. I mean, I wish it was Steph Curry. I mean, if we can get Steph Curry, let me know. But I, that's pretty much impossible right now. But anyways, so I think Seth Curry would be a great addition to the team. He is a very underrated player. He, you know, he came off the bench last season for Portland, but he still averaged eight points and, and one steal per game. And he actually shot the ball from three better than his brother which surprised a lot of people. And yes, I know it's a shorter, you know, not as many shots, but still pretty impressive. You know, he shot the ball at 45% from three, which I would love to have someone like that coming off the bench. Um, and also too, he would, he only, he only got paid $2.7 million last season. So definitely within the budget. I think that if we wanted to, we could probably sign him for the mid-level exemption, which means we would not take a cap hit. Um, and I think he would just provide a, you know, a really good spark off the bench. And, you know, he could handle the ball, you know, if we need him to play a little bit of point guard. And, you know, but like I said, most importantly, he's an excellent shooter, which fills one of our biggest needs right now. Okay, so the next player um, 
on this list is JJ Redick. And yes, I know JJ Redick is 34 years old, but you know, so is LeBron. So, you know, we could, we could have a little bit of an older team. That's okay. I mean, honestly, I don't care how old they are as long as they can score. And which JJ Redick proved that, which JJ Redick proved that he could do. He had a career season last year in Philadelphia. He averaged 18 points per game. He shot 40% from three. And, you know, Philly's gone, you know, they've gone far in the playoffs. Well, sort of far, um, you know, semifinals in the Eastern Conference and whatnot. But in the playoffs, you know, JJ Redick has proved to be, you know, someone that can hit the shot. He can provide that spark that, you know, that the Sixers needed. And, you know, he was very, very reliable. And I think that he's someone that, you know, would strictly be a scorer for us. I don't think he'd provide much of a threat on defense. Um, I think, but, you know, anyways, he'd provide a lot of shooting, which I've said a gazillion times already on this podcast is one of our biggest needs. But, you know, he got paid $12 million last season for the Sixers. I don't see the Sixers retaining him. I just, it just wouldn't make much sense because I think they should either try to retain Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler because to me that would just make the most sense so i think jj reddick's gonna be the odd man out i hope that he would want to come to the lakers for a cheaper contract you know maybe he'd want to come here for cheap and try to chase a ring but you, you never know but that's what i'm hopeful for i hope we can get jj reddick i think that having him as a starting shooting guard would be a great fit alongside lebron james okay so the next person on this list might come as a surprise uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna say it I think Carmelo Anthony would be a very good fit for the Lakers. And yes, you know, he's he's 34 years old, um, but there's two reasons I want him, okay? He is a very efficient scorer. Secondly, he would come for cheap. He would most likely come for the veterans minimum. Um, you know, like I've been saying all, you know, this whole podcast is that we need shooters, and that's all we'd be asking Carmelo Anthony to do. If Carmelo Anthony would be willing to come off the bench, and, you know, kind of lead that second unit, that would be great. He, all, you know, he could create his own shot. He could, he could, he could do um, some catch and shoot. And I think that he would be a really good fit for, um, for our offense. Um, and I think that, you know, Carmelo Anthony, he still has value. Uh, it's just that, you know, he needs to, if he would be willing to come off the bench for the mid-level, for, not mid-level exemption, I'm sorry, for the uh, veterans minimum, I think it would be a very, very good fit for the Lakers. Okay, so the last free agent, this is probably going to come as a bit of a surprise, but I think, um, I you know, I think that the Lakers should go after DeMarcus Cousins. Now, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but just bear with me here. So this is a bit of a risk and reward, but I think it could totally be worth it. You know, I'm going to address the first thing with people talk, when I bring up DeMarcus Cousins, and that's the NBA Finals. So you know, everyone talks about his stats from the NBA Finals, but you have to remember he was a fourth option in scoring. Okay, he was coming back from a quad injury, and you know, people forget too that he made a very, very big difference, very big impact on defense. So if he wasn't getting, you know, if he wasn't necessarily getting the block, he was altering a lot of shots. He made things very difficult. Um, you know, for Marcus Saul and everyone else driving in the post. And, you know, that is such an underrated thing on defense. You know, people only look at the blocks, but people don't really realize that you can still make a big difference on defense when you're not necessarily blocking every single shot. So, you know, even being hurt last season, you know, it, which is crazy, right? He was hurt. He came back from an Achilles injury. 
He was coming back from a quad injury, but he still averaged. You know, I, he still averaged 16 points, eight rebounds, and 1.5 blocks. I feel like if that was anyone else, any other free agent, we'd be like, oh, sign him, sign him, sign him. But since it's DeMarcus Cousins, there's kind of like a negative sort of stigma surrounding him. So everyone's like, oh, I don't know. But are you kidding me? Those are stats. I don't care who you are. Those are phenomenal stats of, you know, if we can get DeMarcus Cousins for seven, eight million dollars, I think it would be a steal. I think, you know, you know, I just don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going to take the mid-level exemption. It just would not make any sense for him to do so. I think he learned his lesson last season that, you know, just because you take the mid-level exemption and you go to a stacked team doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, um, you know, get a championship. DeMarcus Cousins, we, we forget, he turned down about two years, $40 million to go out, you know, to go play for the Warriors for a one-year, about $5 million deal. So he really lost out on about like $35 million. So I just don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going to come for cheap anymore. Um, but I don't think he's going to be that expensive at the same time, if that makes any sense. But, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, he's used to playing with Anthony Davis. So the chemistry would definitely be there. But honestly, it, I don't think it would be that bad of an idea, you know, if he'd be willing to, to have DeMarcus Cousins come off the bench that way he doesn't rush back from his injury, similar to how he rushed back from the quad injury. Um, I think if he comes back, if he starts off the bench just initially for the, maybe the first half of the season or so to see how he's feeling, to you know, kind of um, get back into basketball shape and get used to everything, I think that'd be a really good fit. You know, and if you were to tell me that you know we would have Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins on the floor at all times playing center. I feel very, very confident with that. You know, that's a really, that's really solid. Yeah, that's, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is still, you know, he's still a threat offensively. Um, he's still good in the post. And, you know, if he's a, he would be destroying any other backup center in the league, in my opinion, at least. Now, I, I don't think Golden State's going to retain DeMarcus Cousins. They're going to probably offer a max deal to either Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant, you know, they have a lot of, they have to worry about that first, and I think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be the odd guy out uh, for the Golden State Warriors, so I, I, I definitely think that DeMarcus Cousins is going to be playing on a different team next year, and hopefully I think it's the Lakers, because I think that would be, a, it'd be a great pickup for us, but anyways, all right guys, so that was my list on free agents that I think the Lakers should acquire, or I guess non-superstar free agents that the Lakers should acquire. Um, but anyways, I appreciate all the feedback, guys. You guys have been uh, totally awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I'm Teddy Ragstack, and you've been listening to TED Talk Sports.